something really funny about recording a podcast is that like the way that Quinn and I have this mic set up right now is I we're staring directly into each other's eyes and it just feels really intimate yeah we have to get really close to the mic so it sounds the best and we just <laughs> I'm like I don't know I love stare. looking at you but like staring straight into your soul for like an hour-long podcast is like really I'll back up intimidating yeah. for me all right ready I'll back up right but I'll then just we talk out here. Then I can't hear you. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll talk close. It's fine. All right. So highs and lows. This is my idea. Quinn doesn't want to participate in this. But... That's not true. All right. Then you go first. Highs and lows for, for the, what? Weekend. the weekend. So it's Sunday. I think we're going to be like recording these podcasts mostly on Sunday, just FYI, and then like uploading them the following day or like Tuesday or something every week. So yeah, this is a weekend high and low. What would okay. you say? Weekend high and low. Um,. Well, we spent some time with friends this weekend. Oh, you know what? We went into Manhattan together and we went to yeah. some stores and we got some things we needed. That was fun. Yeah. I had a fun, that was a fun day. Yeah. So to clarify, we live in Long Island City in Queens and like we just take the train or the ferry over to the city. So that's why he's like, we technically live in New York City, but we don't live in Manhattan. Right. So we went to Soho. Yeah, it and fun. it was like really fun like it was like great timing like we beat yeah, the crowds we really early we're getting used to this thing right before we leave so that was your high that was my high what's your low my low um maybe something that we did today that happened today. yeah i'm uh i'm submitting my residency application so that's stressful yeah and, and uh, we had a snafu snafu yeah just waiting on letters of rec to come in and kind of put a pause on things that you were excited yeah. to submit i was ready to, to like, submit i can't submit yet but <clears throat> i'll probably be able to submit tomorrow but yeah it, that's probably low yeah yeah i think in an application process that's like very standard experience is like yeah. you feel like you're ready to go and then something it, is it like never missing. works the way you expect. yeah it just gotta roll with the punches um for me my high was that quinn has started getting into skincare i have for years we've been together how long seven years yeah seven or eight years something I like that remember um have tried to get him into like a basic men's skincare routine and he has been so resistant and he saw one picture of one old lady wait can i say old lady anymore yeah. is that pc older An, woman a, ger a, a geriatric Ger <laughs> geriatric lady uh -huh. a, is that there's there's a picture of someone who used like sunscreen face lotion this on TikTok? for, I think for it went 60 viral on years TikTok or yeah something. probably and their face they look so young but they didn't use this sunscreen on their neck and their neck looked like the skin looked way older than their face mm -hmm. and i was like okay so if i use sunscreen on my face i'll be young forever <laughs> and you're very fair skin i'm like, very Quinn fair is skin very like very fair yeah. skin so you started using sunscreen i did religiously and like moisturizing because his skin would literally get so dry and he like would refuse to put moisturizer on and we also started a retinoid we started exfoliating so i feel like just like very proud of that i feel like i feel personally responsible though not all men but i'm sure there are some men out there agree with just putting lotion on your face just why is it your hands i know a lot of guys weird. that have a problem with this yeah i don't like putting lotion on my hands because then when i like touch my phone or my i don't know my computer like, it's it greasy lo everything is lotion i just like live in a constant state of like lotioned up like i just yeah. can't function Slugging. if i'm not slugged slugged yeah. up yeah. so that was my highs you've actually okay. started participating because it's been so many times where i've asked you um what's my low what is my low 
Oh, it's like it's getting it's fall has started in New York. It's been like 60s this weekend, which is beautiful. No complaints there. Um, but today was really gray and it's just I got that like panic feeling of like, oh, my God, like here it comes a winter, like seasonal depression, like gray every day, which is like why I really have a hard time living in New York. Like in the Northeast is just the winter here. We're both from South Florida. So that gives context. Um, just it just feels it brings back a lot of feelings. Yeah. Um, and the winter lasts so long. Windy. So I'm like, oh, boy, Almost here we go. Windy and like gray outside. Yeah. Um, but it is my birthday next week, so mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. But that was like low because I got that feeling today. Yeah, I'm like, oh fair. shoot, yeah. it's coming. Winter is coming. Um, but we wanted to talk about on this podcast um, our story and how we chose our careers, how we chose nursing and medicine, like how we chose like our specialties. Quinn's going to reveal his specialty because a lot of people don't know what you've chosen. Yeah. Um, and like, I think to do that, we have to like talk about the origin of our like yeah. love story too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're going to go back to high school Yeah. and we actually met in high school. Well, we met earlier on. Right. But we didn't like start talking. Like we met in model United nations club. Yeah. Right. Still, when I was like yeah, a freshman, like early we were a sophomore, but we did not like, yeah, we like associate knew, with each other. We knew of each other, but we, we didn't talk to each other. Yeah. Or, like, it was really, it was anything. I was really cool. I was really not cool. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm saying that in jest, but we were just in two different, very, yeah. different, very different, different friend different groups. Different crowds. Yeah, yeah. What's that Taylor Swift song where she's like, I wear short shorts, she wears t-shirts, yeah, uh, and she captain and he on the bleachers, something like that. Yeah, yeah, That's how uh, I felt like our romance was like, I did not, you were like in the band and... I was not and I yeah, I was in the band. Yeah. That's the funny you were part. You're in the band. Yeah. But anyways, so that was like freshman sophomore year. We like were in a club together but never really like talked, I no, guess. No. And then my junior year, Quinn's senior year in high school, he we were both in this club. We were in two clubs, Science National Honor Society and um Science Olympiad, which I like so embarrassing for me to admit that. I don't know why, but I like have a trouble telling people that I was in Science Olympiad. Yeah. I don't know. If you, you hear squeaking in the background, that's our dog. He's very, our dog is very needy. So just, just ignore that. <clears throat> he's very needy. Um, yeah, I was in Science Olympiad. I, and you're like, like a jock of the jock of science, like not like, how do I explain this? You were like the jock of Science Olympiad. That's like, like the really the weirdest like the quarterback. sentence I've ever heard. Yeah. It's like very antithetical and I don't For know sure. if I agree with that. I, I love science. I, I had a lot of my, a lot of my friends were in science Olympiad. Um, and you did it, really well. You were like yeah, state and we, nationally ranked and stuff. We, we could, yeah, it was like a, it was like a competition where there were different, uh, like events you would study for and then you would like take a test or you would build stuff or They're so, all science stuff. Like, so Quinn excelled in anatomy. He yeah. would understand like college graduate level anatomy as a high schooler and you would take tests on it. Um, and like focus on certain topics. Another thing that you did was experimental design where like yeah. you would have a partner and you would have to like write out a science experiment yeah. and they would grade you based on how thorough and good it was and like how you controlled the variables and like just your independent and dependent variables and all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And you I, guys did like so well. Well, I, I don't want to say his name because I don't want to name drop him, but one of my buddies in high school, I mean, he, cared, he, he was brilliant. 
I, I don't know if you. I hope he listens to this podcast. I, I hope he listens to it. I don't want. I don't want to. We haven't like talked to them in so long. He was brilliant, and man, he carried me. Yeah, in that this one. class, he, this he was such club, Science Olympiad at our high school was literally the smartest people in the school. I truly think, like, we're talking science. Like, obviously, debate is a different. Oh yeah, like, this is. But just these are kids stuff. that are like now at MIT, now at Harvard, now yeah. pursuing PhDs. Crazy. Like very intelligent people. But yeah. anyways, I was in that club too. Yes. And I kind of did it more for like the resume boost. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. But like, I got you out of that. Yeah. So, so anyways, that's how we met is Science Olympiad, and we just started hanging out and like studying together. Um, and then you asked me to prom, right? Mm -hmm. Were yeah. we official? And then we were official no. after nope. you asked me to prom, yeah. but before prom. Right. So I think it's like after March. our first official date is April. when I asked you to prom. Yeah. And then we kind of, you know, spent went on dates for a while, and then we became yeah. official. Like I don't know, probably like a month later. Yeah, maybe. it was like yeah. very quick. We became yeah. official because we literally spent every second yeah. together and like texted all the time. I just remember that so clearly, and like I knew it's so weird. This is such like an intimate weird detail. But I knew that Quinn was like a different guy because one day I hugged him in high school in the hallway and his hug literally felt like that of a warm teddy bear that's just like so pure and like, I don't know, it was just like changed my world. And like our height difference was just like perfect and I don't know, you were just so safe and I, I really needed that, I oh, think. That's very sweet. Yeah. And I didn't know I had such powerful hugs. Oh my gosh, you do. Your hugs are the best. Um, but you knew that you wanted to be a doctor from like a young age, right? Yeah, I... Like you always wanted to be a doctor. I like talking about this because it's such an interesting thing to talk about. You know, I feel like some people out there have very powerful stories where they were, you know, in a medical setting or a relative went through like a life-changing medical diagnosis or, you know, something where... They spent a lot of time with medical professionals. I never had anything like that. Um, I loved science and I loved the idea of being able to help people. And, um, you know, that kind of sounds very cliche. And uh, wait, I would wait, say- Let me uh, interject. Yeah. I hate to interrupt you, but it's not only that you love science, but you are God tier level understanding of science. I literally ask you random questions and you are, the fact that you're able to answer them, like, Okay, for instance, two seconds ago, I was putting food away, like for packing my lunch for tomorrow, and I had hot sweet potatoes in a Tupperware. And when I went to go get them back out of the fridge, I could not get the lid off. And I was like, babe, why does this happen? And you explained it to me, like the science, like the physics or whatever of why it happens. And I'm like, oh my God. So you are just have this innate ability to just like understand things so comprehensively, which I will never have. I'm very smart, but I have to work. I have to study. And even then, I don't fully understand it, like a lot of things. But you have just like such a special ability in that. Anyways, continue. Yeah, I, I don't uh, <laughs> I don't want to like say I'm a god at it, but I, I do love it and I love to understand how things work. So that kind of combined with wanting to help people, you know, understanding how the human body works and how diseases work and how mm. treatments work. 
was a very natural fit for what I was interested in. I love being able to help people and know the answer. You know, if mm -hmm. someone says, hey, I'm feeling this or I just hurt myself here or whatever, what do you think I should do? I, I like being able to know the answer to that. And um, so that was kind of the initial interest. And I feel like I developed it through college because mm -hmm. I volunteered and did research and, um, you know, spent some time in like pediatric oncology units, which is a very hard place to be a lot of young kids with, with terminal cancer. And I just got to see what medicine could do for people and yeah. the, the human side of it and, and the impact you can have on people. Yeah. And I think that's what really matured it for me more so than just, oh, I like science and I want to help people. That's what made it very real for me. So yeah. yeah and what like, was your major in college? Uh, about that? Microbiology, um, because I loved genetics. Uh, I found mm. that stuff very interesting. I loved studying, you know, cells and microscopic things. And, um, you know, that just was kind and of And then natural, in college, uh, when you wanted to be a doctor, what, what kind of doctor did you think you wanted to be at the time? Yeah, I, that's a good question. I mean, I, I, we talked about this the other day. I feel like the most accessible parts of medicine for, for students that aren't in med school yet is like, Oh, you go watch a surgeon and whoa that looks so cool and you don't really know what's going on but it looks very interesting mm. so surgery was on there and and i liked you know cardiology um so i feel like going into med school probably cardiology was yeah. what i was interested no, i in. remember a phase where you really liked orthopedic surgery yeah. Yeah, that was I, like when I had my ACL surgery, though. That yeah. was like a long time ago. Because I we there was an orthopedic surgeon in Boca where you know where we went to high school who was just a great guy, um, and I yeah. shadowed him and saw him. You know, it's like I said, it's very cool. You know, it's like whoa. You know, wow. Yeah. What, what is you it? You have to be I, so skilled. Yeah, you have to be so yeah. skilled, and I, I no idea what was going on, but it, I could tell it was very skilled, and he was very knowledgeable. Okay. Um, so yeah. And then I guess we'll just continue with your story, yeah. right? So then. You applied to medical school right. um, as a traditional student, which means you did not take a gap year right. after I, undergrad. I went straight you went straight mm -hmm. through. Um, and then talk about, you know, that process and what how what you wanted to do changed. Yeah. And then where you're at now applying to residency. Yeah. So, you know, you start medical school and, and you're just learning so much information as quickly as humanly possible. Uh, you know, they showed us a picture of a guy trying to drink out of a fire hose. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what medical school feels like because you're, you're, there's so much information you're trying to learn that you only pick up little bits and pieces here and there and you just, you're just trying to hang on for dear life. And um, our cardiology unit was taught extremely well and I found it really interesting. I love the anatomy. I love the physiology. I love learning about everything. So I thought, okay, you know, Cardiology, that sounds interesting. Maybe that's what I'm most interested in. Um, but you don't really know until you start your rotations. And, you know, I started rotating. Um, I started on medicine and then I was on neurology and then I did some surgery rotations. And um, I think, we'll just do the grand reveal. Uh, I'm applying into radiology and- um, What kind of radiology? Diagnostic radiology. Um, I think I'm most interested in chest, which makes sense because that kind of is like, you know, heart, heart anatomy and physiology. Mm -hmm. um, but my first experience with a radiologist was during my medicine rotation um, because we had some interesting findings and my team was like, okay, go down to the radiology reading room and kind of ask them about these findings and because and, we don't really understand them. And I went down there and you know, hospitals are fast paced. People are busy. I was kind of just expecting like a, you know, quick answer because 
people are working. And this guy pulled up a chair and said, yeah, sit down, I'll show you. And just sat with me for like an hour and just explained everything he was doing. He called other residents over, other attendings over. They came over and looked over my shoulder and taught me. And I'm looking around. I'm like, wow, this, what a, what an awesome environment. I like, these are just the nicest people I've ever met. And they're taking all this time to teach me. Like an oasis in like the, the realm of like toxicity of medicine where it's all ego and like verbal abuse. And they're like nice and you get to sit in the reading room and it's like a good experience and i think that was a good break for you i think i think the biggest thing was you when you're a medical student you're not the most important person on the team Mm -hmm. and you let other people take priority over you a lot so to go down there and have them prioritize me felt very nice and it was a very nice change of pace and just seeing the excitement they had not only to teach me but in their field to explain something that they were doing as their job day in day out i just i really loved it so that was my first experience and then um i was on my neurology rotation and i was uh on a stroke team and part of the stroke team is looking at head imaging because you know that's where you can tell where the stroke is how severe it is how extensive it is and it was just so fascinating I'm trying to think of a good way to explain it. It, It's almost like the difference between describing the Grand Canyon to someone (laughs) and physically going to see the Grand Canyon. To me, it was like I understood how strokes worked and, you know, losing blood supply to your brain and different things like that. But now I was looking at where in someone's brain it was affecting them and what we could do based off of that imaging. And I just love that. It was so tangible. It was so... You know, I just got to go in and see these incredible findings. And uh, yeah, I think when you were going through that period of time where you really did not have clarity on what you wanted to do or like what specialty you wanted to apply to residency for, I do recall hearing you come home from your rotations and be like, yeah, I did a bunch of things. But then I saw the imaging and the imaging was really cool. And I got to look at the imaging and it was always coming back to your exposures with radiology and not necessarily the specialty that you were uh, rotating through, but it was like the imaging that you were exposed to while you were in that specialty. And so I was like, hmm, like Quinn sounds like he's really interested in this. Like this is something that you should pay attention to if this is your favorite part of the day when you get to see the CT scan or the MRI or what have you, that's something really special um, to feel that like spark and that that passion. Um, And I think Going back to your point of being with that one radiologist and then taking the time to explain to you, it is so crazy how literally one person can make or break your perception of an entire field. And I cannot overstate that. There are so many students who said, oh yeah, I shadowed this doctor and they they hated their life and they hated their career and they talked terribly about patients. And that discouraged me from going into that field entirely. And it's like, we have such power. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to take that power and be positive with someone who's looking to you to yeah. learn? Like, that's the same in nursing too. Like the phrase nurses eat their young and like orientation or shadowing nurses. It's so hard because nurses do become very jaded and the mindset you become as your seniority grows you lose compassion and empathy for newer nurses and you start to 
like not understanding why, you know, people would make mistakes or do this as a new nurse and right. and whatever. And it's just sad because one person has the opportunity to to make or break someone's experience with their yeah. entire field. And it's so like always I always think about that. If I have people ask me questions or I'm interacting with people that are looking to go into my field, I'm like, I want to be be my, good example. my authentic self i want to share with them the realities of the field but i don't want to be like you know net overly pessimistic or no. overly negative and that one person changed your experience i think that's really cool i and i it's funny you say that too because you know that was that was kind of on my mind after i had that experience i thought you know maybe that was just one experience you know i should look into the field a little bit more I can tell you now I've spent time with so many radiologists and attendings, radiology attendings, and not one has hated what they do. Mm -hmm. Every single one absolutely loves what they do. Mm -hmm. And seeing that passion over and over and over again makes me very excited to join the field because mm -hmm. I love it. And knowing that people 10, 20, 30, 40 years into their career are still loving it every day. That's, that's what I want. Yeah. And, um, one of the radiology um, residents that I spent time with told me there comes a point where you have to decide what kind of doctor you want to be. And that's not in the sense of like what field you want to work in. It's like, who do you want to be as a physician? What kind of person do you want to be? Mm. And as I interact with more and more radiologists, they're the kind of people I want to be. They're kind, they're caring, they're passionate. They take the time to teach. Um, and they just absolutely love what they do. And that's what I want. You know, I yeah. want to bring that into medicine. I want to, I want to be passionate about my yeah. career and helping people my whole life. Yeah. And that's what I keep seeing like day in and day out. So, and of uh, course we don't want to generalize too. like, not everyone in radiology loves their job. Like we understand that, but right. I think your experience, experience has then. pointed to that right? for sure. And that, you know, now I know I can bring that into the field yeah. too. And from an outsider's perspective, I can see how you would really like the field because you love graphic stuff like video games. You love like spatial rotation of things. Like you yeah. did excelled really well in organic and biochemistry, which is like you have to be able to shift objects and 3d 3d objects like right. in your head to understand the stare like stereochemistry and all that um and you love technology yeah. you are like so well versed in technology and radiology is like an ad rapidly advancing technological field yeah. and i could definitely see you working with like tech like healthcare tech and like making an advancement in the field and like being one of the minds behind like a new imaging software yeah. or a new way of diagnosing something or like efficiency in the field something yeah. like that i could absolutely see you doing that in the future yeah there's and there's so much opportunity to, to just really enjoy the, the software they use there's, there's so many shortcuts and and just ways to make it more efficient and i find myself like teaching attendings how to do certain shortcuts because i'm learning you know that you can do certain things and i i feel like i find that more fascinating than other people do like when when the new apple software comes up i'm looking up like every single new thing that you can do on your iphone um so yeah i, I uh that's the field i'm interested in yeah. i'm applying to radiology i'm going to be submitting my application in like a day or so and yeah so it's september yeah. You're going to be submitting your application now, and then it goes out to programs. Yeah. You're applying in the Southeast. We're applying back, you know, down there because we want to go back down to Florida, hopefully, right. or somewhere closer to home. 
Um, and then what's the timeline moving forward for that, if you know? Interview season, I want to say, extends from like October, November to like January. Mm -hmm. And then in March, you create your match list and then you match in the middle of March. So crazy. Yeah. I liken it to like sorority recruitment. Yeah. It's like a mutual selection like type of thing. And then you like you open your you. envelope and you're like, ah. Yeah. Fun, fun yeah. times. All right, I guess. We'll yeah, go ahead. Talk now about me. You're now you're gonna be interviewing me, and you're you know start from the beginning. And, well, I think my experience choosing my career kind of intersects with like a spiritual. I don't want to say awakening because I feel like that's like I don't know a little woo woo to say, but like in high school I ended up getting really serious about my faith um i was going through a lot of things in early high school and i really had a turning point um weird enough like i was voted most changed since freshman year from freshman's freshman year of high school to senior year of high school uh just because there was such a drastic change in my life and how i was living um not that the way that i was living early freshman year was like ridiculously horrible or anything but i just had a big change in my life yeah. my priorities changed right. my heart changed um i started really getting involved with church my you know personal relationship with god um was just really flourishing at that time and um i was always interested in science and the human body as well uh, i think I really struggle with the decision of whether to pursue medical school and that will revisit that again because that will come up again Yeah. versus nursing. Um, and no one in my family is a nurse. Like I literally have had no exposure to nursing. Like I've never shadowed a nurse. No one in my family is a nurse. So it's kind of random, but um, I felt nursing mirrored the servant's heart of Jesus so much, like how Jesus would like wash people's feet. That's so identical to the field of nursing in right. its purest form not like you know it's a little you know it's not obviously like that but that's what i thought and i was like wow like i just want to love and serve people and heal people like i want to like have my hands heal people like the emotional physical medical um spiritual aspect of nursing really drew me to that versus medicine because i just wanted to be, I, you know, without knowing what what hospital nursing is really like um, and having the, the support system to kind of weather the storms of bedside nursing, um, my naive self really wanted to be that servant, that like sacrificial servant that yeah. like loved and, and healed people, um, but also had a very good understanding of the human body and disease and pathophysiology somewhere where I could really flourish and like challenge myself to know a bunch of different things and think critically and you know be a multitasker and but also connect with people emotionally and um use my ability as an empath which is to really understand other people's emotional energy yeah. and to respond to it in a way that makes them feel comfortable which is how i kind of grew up and to use that um in my field i thought that would be really rewarding for me so in nursing in high school i took a bunch of ap classes and i took some prerequisites i dual enrolled into our community college so i got some college credits there and then when i went to uf so quinn graduated a year early um earlier than me from high school and he was at uf so we were long distance for a year and then i joined him at uf after i graduated 
And um, yeah, then I started nursing school prerequisites for one year. I took anatomy and physiology in the same year and just wrapped all those credits up, those prereqs really quick. Usually it's a two year, it takes two years to do prereqs for nursing, but I did them in one year because of my, my college credits in high school. And then I applied to nursing school at the University of Florida and I got into UF nursing's traditional uh, bachelor's program uh, and which was two years. So then I did those two years of nursing school and my last year of nursing school, my preceptorship, which is where you basically shadow a nurse on her schedule. So you're working her 312s with her and doing everything for her as she's supervising you. That's like the last thing that you do, your last clinical block. I was on medicine, like a neuromedicine floor. So I was very comfortable with med surge patients by the time I graduated because most of my clinical experiences were in med surge, adult med surge. Uh, so that's just what I felt comfortable with. And then uh, when we moved to New York, I started working in a hospital in med surge and then COVID hit. And um, I worked night shift with uh, COVID patients and it really just burnt me out. Yeah. And it was, it really drained that spiritual tank for me yeah. because we didn't have any support really here. We were new to New York. I mean, I can go and we're going to, it's going to be a whole nother podcast episode to talk about COVID nursing. Um, but yeah, so anyways, that's why I chose nursing. And um, I did have a time, a lot of my OG um, Instagram followers were now, will know, but I did have a shift where I wanted to apply to medical school um, after I graduated nursing school. Right about the same time graduation of nursing school came around, I had this feeling of wanting more um, and to pursue medicine. And I ended up studying uh, for the MCAT because there's a few programs, a few MD programs that don't require med school prerequisites like orgo and biochemistry, which I did not have. Uh, and they accept just the MCAT. Um, to get into medical school. And so it's like a handful of programs, but I was like very gung ho about it. I was inspired by someone when we went to visit uh, NYU for Quinn's, uh, to enroll in NYU for medical school for Quinn. We, we spoke with an advisor and they were very encouraging in that. Um, and I studied for the MCAT and I took it and I did not do as well to be competitive enough to apply to apply really yeah. like you, you i mean i did pretty well you studied in a very difficult environment you know 10 out of 10 don't recommend it was the worst i was working night shift i was a, right covid started i was an emotional wreck we uh, and i forced place. myself to keep studying yeah. i would study on my breaks during night shift at two in the morning learn teaching myself physics yeah. teaching myself chemistry topics it was like because you you didn't take the prerequisites right that would have required to go back to school and enroll in those classes yeah, I was like i don't have time for that i don't want to do that shit you taught your you, you were teaching yourself the, it wasn't just studying i if people out there who've taken the mcat um you know how hard it is to study for having taken the courses you were learning the material while also studying and memorizing it yeah. that's a lot to do at once especially yeah. while working and working night shift and it was covid yeah. and you were only applying to a limited number of programs it was like all of the bad ideas yeah. that i could have had i you know i don't think it was a bad idea because i think 
I, I think you really owed it to yourself to try. Yeah. And I think you gained a lot from the experience of trying and also kind of realizing that maybe that wasn't the yeah. career path that you wanted and yeah. things didn't work out for a reason. Yeah. You know? So I thought that my story of being a nurse and like my experience working with COVID patients was going to offset my lower MCAT score. Um, and I applied and I got secondaries, but I did not get invited for interviews. And at that point I felt like really crushed. Um, my my reason for wanting to go to medical school was to just have a greater understanding of biochemistry. Like I really lacked that foundation from nursing school, obviously, because it's not a component of being a nurse really is understanding like core biochemistry and stuff. But this connects to um, like me in high school and college learning about integrative and functional medicine where there's more of a focus on biochemistry um, and that ties into like my own health journey and like learning about wellness right. um, and which is where I'm at right now yeah. as an integrative medicine it nurse led you here. and it's I'm actually in a really good position yeah. so um, basically that's why I wanted to go back to medical school it did not end up working out and I was kind of like, okay with it. I like, I, instead of being like, no, I'm going to keep going and keep pursuing. Yeah. I think I just, when I saw you also going through medical school and I was like, the lot. illusion of how awesome it is to be a doctor yeah. really was just that kind of melted away as I was hearing your stories and um, watching you go through it. And uh, knowing what I wanted to do, I was like, why would I want to spend another four years yeah. going through rotations when I've already, You've already done I already it. know I don't want to yeah. do OB-GYN. I've already right. like, like been on an L&D floor. Like I already know I don't want to do pediatrics. Yeah. Like it just didn't make sense to like visit those back. things. Yeah. yeah. Right. And the financial, obviously yeah. financial investment and then like our family life and right. like how that would affect our family life as well. Um, and I want to be clear, I would always have been supportive if you wanted to go to medical school. Um, I know you always were my yeah, biggest supporter. I think what we mean by that is just it's, you know, logistically logistics and would we be in different places and, you know, how would studying and commuting work? What, you know, I would graduate earlier than you. So yeah. what would I do in that time yeah. period? And it, it was definitely like a lot to yeah. think about. And not even like, oh, I'm sacrificing my dream because I'm the woman and you're the man and, and you know, I have to stay home. It's literally like my desire changed. I yeah, was like, right. you know what? I don't think that's for me anymore. Yeah. And um, I had some like health issues, um, like women's health issues through like late high school and college. Basically, my period was like super bad and painful. And then um, I went to my ob guy and he was like, oh, you might have endometriosis, but there's something we can really do about it. Um, here's some pain medicine. And after that doctor's visit, like late high school slash early college, I was like, wait, there's no way. Like there has to be the, like, there has to be something that I can do. There has to be a lifestyle change or like a supplement that I can take or like something i can do to make my life better like i don't just believe like the body just falls ill to disease and there's nothing we can do about it um i believe like the body wants to heal given the right environment and nutrients and support and obviously genetics are a part too um but after that i started really diving into like nutrition and diet and functional medicine which kind of looks at a whole picture approach 
and tries to fix the root cause of what's going on. And that's how I got interested in, in what I do now. And so I was like, wait a minute, like so many things that we're doing are like so counter to health. Um, and I think that's why I kind of struggled as a bedside nurse as well, because a lot of things that I was doing in the hospital were very counter to how I felt. Um, but because of the way that the system is and how it's just such a broken system, like we really, I really did see that we, we do profit off of sick people. Unfortunately, that's the reality of the situation in American healthcare and, um, like just what we were feeding patients in the hospital and just like giving them a bunch of sugar as a diabetic and then giving them a bunch of insulin and just like perpetuating this nasty cycle, um, and just overall metabolically unhealthy people like i just wanted to be in a field of health optimization like right. i didn't want to be managing like illness it's different goals yeah i just want to make people the healthiest that they can be like right. i want to take regular like okay healthy people and make them really healthy yeah whereas and be like, in the oh, hospital I have, I have fatigue and occasional headaches and like insomnia and no libido and like all those things that like western medicine we really don't know what to do with right and that they don't fall into a diagnosable category and i want to take those people and like figure that shit out and like yeah. make their life better well i think in the hospital too you know a lot of times the goal is stabilizing your patient oh you yeah know? it's a different goal it's different goal and um 100%. optimizing health is definitely a step that goes beyond like a hospital setting. And I think that's what you are most passionate about is helping people to be the healthiest well, they can be and, and the best version of their, themselves that they could be, yeah. you know? Yeah. And just like offering hope to people and being like, no, there are reasons why you feel this way and right. not like, oh, you're just, you're crazy. Or like the typical gaslighting that you experience like in the medical field. Well, and there's definitely limitations to medicine. You know, we, we don't have the answer to everything. And, um, you know, a lot of times there aren't a lot of studies to back, you know, things up, you know, certain things that we can't treat. And yeah, that's a lot the of problem, people like to sure. have the backing of research. Yeah. And I think, you know, taking care of your diet and nutrition and all those aspects of those things definitely help people optimize their health and that kind of falls outside of like the hospital setting. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's uh, doctors medical world really does thrive on algorithms and yeah. statistics and if it's not statistically proven it's so how can you get all all doctors to endorse it? Yeah. It's almost it's you know it's just not going to happen. So we have like a little bit of a different approach, right? but so that's what I do now. So I moved from being a med surge nurse through the pandemic. Uh, I did a nurse residency program, graduated from that. As soon as I hit a year, I left the hospital. I started working in, in outpatient endoscopy to get a break. I thought that would just be like an easy job to just kind of like go to work, know what to expect and be able to go home, yeah. not work night shift. I ended up kind of getting burnt out of that and I wanted to do something that I really felt aligned with my goals and mission and I applied for an integrative medicine RN role uh, through Indeed and I was contacted, interviewed, got the job and I just celebrated my one one year there yeah. this past month. Um, it's been great. I do IV infusions and injections. We treat um, a lot of chronic illness. Lyme disease is huge in the Northeast so a lot of our patients are patients that suffer from Lyme, chronic Lyme disease, neurological Lyme disease. Um, we deal with like 
environmental health issues yeah. like mold mold toxicity illness chronic mold illness is a big thing that we treat uh we do a lot of different alternative approaches reiki is a, you know there's reiki at our practice some other things and it's cool i just i love being able to connect with patients that are just like you and me um and the the patients that you get in the hospital are just like suffering at such a such a deep level yeah, that it's sometimes it's hard scenario. to connect with them it's a different yeah. level of connection right? right um i get to make long-term relationships with these patients and follow up with them about their kids and how their marriage is going and yeah. like how work is going and it's just really cool more of a primary care level yeah 100 you know? percent. they're yeah. like healthy i'm just like helping them be healthier yeah i guess which is really rewarding for me and moving forward I think I want to go back to school uh, for my nurse practitioner degree and do like an FNP and women's health NP like dual program maybe and practice like women's health within the functional medicine sphere where I like help women kind of balance their hormones and from a functional approach and like work with them through diet, lifestyle and supplementation to have them not suffer as much yeah. because yeah. It's really lacking, I think, in that field. And for me, probably a fellowship in chest radiology. You know, I, I could be swayed by other fellowships. Um, you like neurolog um, I, neurology, I, too. I, I kind of like a lot of them. I, I've had the most interactions with chest, so I think that's kind of what I'm interested in. Um, but I would love to, you know, maybe do half of my time in an academic setting, half in like an outpatient setting to kind of get a mixture of both. Because I do like to see the interesting cases and the kind of uncommon things that you would get in a hospital setting versus like an outpatient setting because i like to learn i like to see new things and you know when i see it yeah. again it doesn't surprise me and i know what to do for it you know yeah. so yeah. yeah all right i think we should close this episode with a little round of no you boo okay you want to explain what that is uh parks and rec there is an <laughs> no episode where they did a game show called no you boo yes tom haverford and it was questions about your partner and you have to answer them okay right. so you go first you have to ask me a question not to answer oh, it oh man um i think it's something easy so. what's my favorite movie oh my god Quinn, come on i said easy oh that's easy what's we talked favorite? about that the other Shawshank day redemption no you should have just said yes oh yes oh my god <laughs> I, what's your favorite movie episode five of star wars oh my god okay <laughs> Or The Dark Knight. I, either one of those. I'm very proud that I've never seen Star Wars and I never intend to. But Quinn is like such a big movie person. Yeah. Like he literally knows everything there. He knows random, the most random shit about I follow actors movie fact and pages. movies yeah. and it's crazy. All right. So you, you now you have a question. Yeah. Um, what is my biggest pet peeve that happens in the kitchen oh i don't put the lid on our pan we have a pan no, in the kitchen my biggest pet peeve. that's not your biggest pet peeve i've said this multiple times um okay There's another thing the tupperware when it's not organized okay that's a good one okay. yeah that is that's a, pet a good peeve. one what but you no of? my biggest pet peeve is when somebody uses the freaking microwave and opens it like opens the oh, door and, and doesn't clear Let me the, the numbers. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. they open the microwave and there's like three seconds left on the microwave and then they don't cancel yeah. it. And oh, so then you I go back, you go back later to look at the microwave to see what time it is. Yeah. Cause that's how and I see what like time three. it is. And it says three seconds and it drives me insane. Yeah. 
So I don't like that either. Do I, did I train you out of that? Like I remember no, you used I've to never do that. done that. No, I never did that. Hmm. I don't like that either. I used to slam the door of my microwave and my parents would get very mad. I don't do that anymore, but I used to do that all the time. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, do we want to do one more question and then close out? Yeah. Okay. Do you have, it sounds like uh, you have something in mind. Oh man. Um, I don't know if I do now, now that I say that. Um, what is my favorite? Oh, this is, this is an easy one. You're going to get this Favorite one. band? No. What? Oh, well, uh, no. what's my favorite treat? Like dessert. What's your favorite dessert? Yeah. Oh my God. Halo top? No. The you should just candy. Candy. <laughs> and if and if my if my friend out. Dom is listening, he knows I can't control myself around candy. I, know I don't that. know what's wrong with I know. Me. You like the I, you like the like the sour gummies. Yeah. Sour gummies are your favorite. Oh yeah. And then you like the Coca-Cola bottles. Oh, those too. are so good. Yeah. Who doesn't like But those? any like sour, like sour, I love sour stuff. Gummy ones oh, you yeah. really love. Yeah. All right. Like I knew that, but like you also really like Halo I Top. I do like Halo, Halo Top. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Halo Top is more like a dessert. Candy is like something you can have. That's, that's true. So if you would have said something like, "What is my?" Well, that's why I said treat. What's my like your treat? Okay, you go. Your question. Um. Bro, oh, I don't know. Um. What is? What? What supplement do I take religiously Magnesium. before bed? Magnesium. I didn't even have to finish. No. She has this, is not this, an ad, this by the way. magnesium sleepy powder. Sleepy we call powder. we call it her sleepy tea. Sleepy and tea. I make her a, a a mug of sleepy tea every yeah. night. Warm water. It is the stress and magnesium. calm magnesium powder. It's on my Amazon storefront. Um yeah. I every night. Every night. I cannot sleep without this stuff. It just relaxes me. It's not like melatonin where you'll feel groggy the next morning. It puts me to sleep literally so easily. A lot of women are deficient in magnesium. Um, we like that's like common knowledge. So uh, it sounds have, like an ad. It does sound like an ad, but it's not. It's sponsored. not an ad. But it I, it's not like an ad, it. but I literally do use it every night. Uh, so if you're looking for something to help you unwind before bed, stress calm magnesium. I like the is it strawberry lemon flavor? A strawberry yeah, lemon flavor. I, so. I heat up. Eight ounces of water in the microwave, 45 seconds. 55 seconds. Oh, you do 55 yeah, seconds? I do, yeah. oh, I only do 45 seconds. Oh. That's why it's hot. Hot, oh, it, hot. When oh, you make okay, it. well, I'm learning stuff. 45 no seconds. No, you boo. No, you boo. Um, and then, you know, two two teaspoons of that, you'll be feeling real nice and yeah. relaxed and ready for bed. She's knocked out. Yeah. All right. All right. That's it. Episode two. Episode two in the books. Should we finish this episode with them? ASMR. No, people are going to click off. <laughs> All right, bye guys. All right, bye. bye. <laughs>